Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. See, and, and he was using the things around us to explain the goodness of God, that God provides, that God is a God of provision, and that if we keep our faith and our focus on Him, that no matter what we're walking through, He'll provide. With Pastor Jay Petty. He's not testing us. This is not a test. This is an act or a promise of His Word. This is coming directly from his lips. He means what he says, and he says what he means. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. You know what? Jesus healed bones and bodies. In fact, Jesus stood day after day, three days in a row, praying for one person after next, and every one of the ones he prayed for, God healed. Jesus doesn't change. Now, let's join Pastor Jay Petty for this week's Sunday Sermon. First of all, I'd just like to say peace. God's peace to each one of you this morning. That's, you know, peace brings a, a serenity regardless to what you're walking in. What's, what may be surrounding you is the peace of God is greater and able to just guide you right through whatever you're walking in this morning. We've been listening to a lot of things and there have been a lot of things being said and you know, some of it incites fear, some of it incites terror. We're not that kind of people. We're the people of God. And we're the people of peace. And we have the power to live and walk in that peace, no matter where we go. Considering. Proverbs 4.20, my son, Give attention to my words. Let's look at the, I want you to look at the Bible for a minute. And here's what God is speaking. Give attention to my words. What Jesus said, give attention to my words. What the Holy Spirit has inspired, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to what I'm saying. God is speaking. He's speaking to each one of us. But he speaks it through his word. And when we open that word and we begin to read that word, God speaks out of that word. It says, do not let them depart from your eyes. That's an interesting thing. If you're going to walk by faith, your attention has to be on the eyes. Your eyes have to be on what the Word of God declares, what His promise is, no matter what. The enemy will rob that from you, one, by using fear. God doesn't want any of His, of his people to walk in fear. The scripture is very clear. Perfect love or perfective love casts out all fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. See, we're not being punished. We're the people of God. We're blessed. We're blessed with the blessings of God. Every day, God pours it out upon our lives. We just need to recognize it. See, keep those things in front of you. Keep them in the midst of your heart. 
God's got me no matter what. We're, I'm going to walk through this. I'm going to be victorious in this because Jesus is my captain. He's my banner over all of this stuff. Jesus is. And I'm not going to walk in fear of it. I'm going to walk in faith that God's got me. He's going to take me through. I'm not going to be stupid now. That, mean, that doesn't mean you, you get to be stupid. It just means you, you, need to be, you need to make your walk sure. And it says, For they are life to those who find them and health to all of their flesh. I want you to get a key on that last part. What kind of life? You're talking about the life, your life, the life of God in you. And the other part you're talking about is that life is a health-producing life in your flesh. Do you know that God is able, and let me back up for just a moment. Who's in you? The scripture says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What does that mean? That means God, God is great in me. He's greater than anything that's going on out here. He's bigger and more powerful than anything that's going on out here. Greater is he in me. That's what it means. The God of heaven, the God of creation, his power, his, his glory, everything that is in him is in me. Why should I fear? Why should I be afraid? Romans 4, 8, teen. Who contrary to hope, hoped. In other words, a hopeless situation. Sometimes that's what we think we're looking at is a hopeless situation. And hopelessness is a, that's where people do stupid things, is when they have no hope or no expectation of anything. Hope against hope. You know, Abraham hoped, even though everything around him said impossible. That's what we're looking at in, 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 in different times in our life and different things that we walk through. The things that we're faced with. The things that seem so impossible to us. Seems like it's never going to change. And here, God made a, a, a promise to Abraham and against everything that in the natural world that said it's never, never going to happen. Abraham found a place to expect God to do what God promised. Pay attention to his word. Hide it in your heart. It says, contrary to hope, in hope he believed. So he became the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall your descendants be. There is the key. The key is the word of God. The key is what God is saying in his word. Pertaining to his promise about anything. That's where he needs our focus to be. That's where our eyes need to be. That's where our heart needs to be. That this is what God is saying. No matter what. Every day there are travesties in life. Every day. And every day people walk through hard places. 
I don't, it doesn't matter, not just in America, but everywhere. The thing that is supposed to get us through is our faith in God. To the hungry, God feeds. That's what he said. That was his promise. He said, look at the birds. They neither sow nor reap. See, and, and he was using the things around us to explain the goodness of God. That God provides. That God is a God of provision. And that if we keep our faith and our focus on him, that no matter what we're walking through, he'll provide. He'll make a way. There used to be a song we used to sing, I know the Lord will make a way for me. I know the Lord will make a way for me. Uh, I don't care. It's been too long since I sang it, but he'll make a way. Yours is not to tell God how to make it. Yours is to trust that he will. See, and, and, and here you are. Abraham focused on what God told him. So shall your descendants be. Not being weak uh, in faith. You know what weakness is? It's when you just quit believing. It's when the circumstance become greater than your ability to believe God for. That place is hopelessness. And that's where faith has to arise. It has to arise out of those ashes because knowing that God shines into the darkness and causes us to rise up out of that darkness. Why? Because you're his. One of the Old Testament redemptive words is banner. That he's our banner, he's our captain. And what it means is that Jesus has defeated the enemy and openly displayed them as being defeated. The enemy wants to destroy us. He's always looking for a way to kill us or destroy our lives or to break our relationship with God, always. But we have someone who's over us. We have someone who's bigger than all of that. And he's our captain. He's our banner. He's our protection. He's our God. Understand this. God loves you. Understand this, that you're the most important thing to God. Even though we may have to walk the things, and even though things may be hard to walk through, God will not leave you nor forsake you, no matter what. That's the hard part. Here's the word. He did not consider. He did not perceive. He did not meditate. He did not put his mind on those things. I'm going to give you a definition of consider. To perceive, to remark, to observe, to understand, to consider attentively, to fix one's mind upon. Abraham did not fix his mind upon his wife, who was 100, was 90 years old, nor himself, who was 99 years old. That's what it says. He's not, he wasn't considering the problem. He didn't look at what the problem was. He quit 
saying, well, I'm too old to have kids. Or, you know, this is impossible for me. He keyed on one thing. So shall your descendants be. And he waxed strong in his faith in that. He became, uh, uh, he became a mover in that. In the fact that he says, God, you got this. God, you're going to do what you promised. God, this thing is going to happen. God, I'm going to have a son. God, and I'm not going to focus on anything else. That's faith. Faith is where your focus is, your intention. If you start considering other things, things start falling apart pretty quick. Start falling apart real quick. And the further down the rabbit hole you go, the further your faith falls apart. And the next thing you're living in desperation and a hopelessness that this is never going to happen. That's not how God works. You can strengthen your unbelief by giving glory to God. By reminding yourself and him who he is. He's my shield. He's my protection. I'm blood bought, blood washed. Greater is he that is in me. I am in the kingdom. I am in the kingdom's power. I belong to God. And the more you focus upon those things that bring peace and faith, you begin to rise up out of that place. Hope means to expect. How many of you are expecting God to do something? Honestly. See, when, when you're expecting God to do it, that means you're not. Amen. That means you're not trying to make it happen. You're just you're just following your shepherd, Jesus. As he leads you, you're just following him in obedience. And as you follow him and trust him, he brings those things to pass that he has given you a hope for. Faith is the assurance of things expected, but not seen. You cannot see them in the natural realm. So quit trying to look for them in the natural realm and find the assurance of faith in the heart through the Word of God. What is the, word, what is the will of God? It is the Word of God. That's where you stand. Those are the things you do. You do what the Word says. You stand there. I'm going to give you some examples of some things. This is Elijah. 1 Kings 17, 12. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. That's desperation. Everything else was gone. She had enough food to make one meal, and it was gone. And what she was looking at for her and her son was starvation. That's a pretty bleak situation for any human being. 
is to have no recourse whatsoever. But make me a small cake from it first. That's what Elijah said. Elijah. Do not fear. Go and do as you, as you have said. Make sh and make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterwards, make some for yourself and for your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Now here's the word of God. The bin of flour shall not be used up. Well, we freak out. The grocery stores are empty. Everybody's hoarding everything. Is God not the provision? Is he not the provider? Is he not the one who brings the blessings? Don't you know, don't you know that you are the blessings of God? You're no, no longer under the curse of the law. You're under the blessing of the law. And that blessing means that your life is blessed. You're blessed when you go in. You're blessed when you go out. Why, why is it so hard for us to believe that God will provide what we have need of? Why? Because we're so used to looking at it from the worldly view and from the view in which God gives it to us. And, here's, and he said, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away. She went away. Now here's, here's the part. You've got to do the word. You've got to act upon that word. That's faith. She believed what the man of God was telling her. Go. And she went. And she did exactly what Elijah asked her to do. And the flower began to come. And the oil begin to fill. <laughs> you know, Jesus said, <coughs> you worry about so many things. Worry is nothing but fear. That's it. I understand that some of us have some real knowledge. But God does miraculous things that supersedes knowledge. This trusting that he'll accomplish it. Matthew 15, 28, And Peter said to him, and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Here comes Jesus walking. I use this illustration a number of times. But here comes Jesus walking on the water, right? And they see him and they start freaking out. This is a ghost. It's a ghost. And, you know, the, the waves are up and the wind is blowing and they're freaking out. And they see this ghost, they think, walking on the water. And Jesus said, no, it's me. Fear not. Peter sees it. Here's where faith comes to play. Peter knew that if Jesus said he could come, he knew that he could walk on water. That's faith. He knew it. He stepped out of that boat knowing that he could walk on water. In fact, the scripture says he did walk on water. But let me go on and read it. It says, uh, come out of the boat. So he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. 
What did he consider? He considered the wind. What else did he consider? The water. He focused on those things instead of what Jesus told him he could do. Jesus said, you can come to me. You've already started. Get your mind, get your heart, get your attention off of these things. Because the moment he did, and the fear, fear will rob you of your faith every time. The moment he did, he began to sink. And that's what happens to us. The moment we take our eyes off of the Word of God, the moment we take our eyes off the promise of God, and we begin to think accordingly to the natural things, well, this is not going to work. It looks like this is going to fall apart. It looks like everything's going down. And pretty soon your mind is so filled with apprehension and fear, you start sinking. You know what you say, sir? I knew that was going to happen. If Abraham had not focused on so shall your descendants be. He would have never received the promise of God. We're no different than he. We are no different than he. We too have to put our focus upon the truth of his word and quit looking around at everything going on around us. The country's in a, in a wild place right now, right? Some states, have they just closed everything off and nobody, nobody can go anywhere, you know? The, uh, all the paychecks have stopped. Uh, you know, all the things that are, all the circumstances that surround this whole situation. And yet God says, I'm God. I'm still God. I'm still your provision. I'm still the God who provides for you. I'm still the God will make a way for you. I'm still the God that will lead you. I am still God. And more than that, I'm your God. Why are you looking at these other things instead of at me? One of the other redemptive names is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me beside the still waters isn't that beautiful? He leads me into green pastures. Isn't it great? God, you know, he, he takes you in. He takes you out. He provides you with this. He what, he, what that piece of scripture is telling us, that God is our shepherd. And these are the things that we can expect from him. Even, even when he prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. Even when he leads us in the road uh, of, of darkness and death. He says, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because Jesus is with me. My shepherd is with me. I'll walk through. Because he's got me. That's, that's through the blood, guys. That's a part of the atonement. That's a part of a promise for every believer. That Jesus will be your shepherd. And he will guide you. And he'll walk beside you. Matthew 15, 25 says, 
And she came to worship him saying, I like this one, Lord, help me. But he answered it and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. Isn't that amazing? She was a, a, a woman of a different culture. This tells us a story. God doesn't care about cultures. He cares about faith. And when he said, you know, it's not good for, you know, me to give miracles to people who are not Jews because you're an outsider. But you know what she said? Even the dogs get to eat the crumbs. She was going to let go of her faith. She knew that Jesus was the only one that could save her daughter. And whatever it took, she was going to do it. She was not going to let go of him until he did it. Because everyone that ever came to Jesus, he healed them. He delivered them. You think it's any different now? Because he sits at the right hand of the Father? The executor of, of, the, of the Lord's will is the Holy Spirit. Where is that Holy Spirit at, my friends? He's in you. He's in you. We've got to quit looking at this through any other eyes than the eyes of faith because that's not what God wants for us. Jesus immediately looked at her and said, Man, I can't believe your faith. Man, you got your desire. You got your wish. Your daughter's made whole right now. Wow, is it that easy? In reality, it is. But it's what you're considering. It's what your heart is considering. What is your heart considering this morning? You should be considering the things that God has promised you through His Son. Do you know that the word mercy is the same word as compassion? That when Jesus said had compassion and healed them, it is the same word that, they, that the blind man used when he said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Why is it so hard to ask for his mercy? Why is it so hard for us to ask for his compassion in our lives? Woo! Yeah, maybe I'll finish. Let's go to John fourteen twelve. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. You guys believe in Jesus? Then say that's me. Right. And the works that I do, he will also do. Say, I will do the works that he does. Simple, right? Isn't that simple? I don't want you to consider anything else except doing the works that he has done. Not only these works, say, but greater works. Say it. Greater works. What did Jesus do? 
I, I, honestly, what was the work that Jesus did? Can't hear you. He healed. What else? Fed. What else? What else? Remember the guy that had the blind, was born from being blind? You know what Jesus did? He took the earth and he put it in that man's eyes and he, and he rubbed it in. You know why? Because in the creation of, of his being was not complete. And Jesus took the earth which was complete and made him complete. Why is it so hard for us to believe that Jesus can do anything when the scripture says there is nothing impossible with him? Why do we believe there is something impossible? You know why? Because we are considering other things. We're considering what's really going on. We're considering the things that we have experienced. We're considering the things that we think we know. We're considering all of those things instead of considering the Word of God. That's the difference. You know, faith, it takes faith to get to the fruit. I said this last week. You plant seeds in your heart, okay? And, and, and whatever that seed may be, it has to grow in you. You have to have faith and allow it to grow in you. You gotta allow it to produce fruit. Once it produces fruit, you don't need faith no more because you got the answer and the promise of God manifested in your life. Sometimes that walk of faith is not so easy. Sometimes it's some pretty rough road, believe me. I know. Sometimes it seems like it's never gonna come to an end. I know. But God is faithful. And he will not, as long as you stand in faith, believing, accomplish what he has promised you. You know the hardest thing about growing up? When you're a little kid, you know what the hardest thing about growing up is? Growing up. Gosh, it was rough, wasn't it, when you were a kid? How many times did you get your tail spanked? How many times did you get grounded? How many, how many times did you go through all this stuff just to get grown up? Well, we're, we're, these are the same thing. We've got to grow up in faith. Amen. Amen. This is a simple little thing. Quit considering the things that should be and start considering the things that should be. God doesn't change. God is still the same God. We, you see Jesus, the scripture says you see the Father. That who God the Father is, is what Jesus did. Greater works. That was the best part of this story. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Oh, this is where the rubber hits the road, right? This, this is where it really hits the road, don't it? And, and all of us have asked in Jesus' name, huh? But did we stay the course? Did we not consider anything else than what he said? Ask in my name, and I will do it. 
I don't think Jesus is a liar. I don't think what we're reading is, is not true. I think it is true. But I think the problem is, is it takes faith to stand in what you believe. Unmoved. Un, unmoved, not considering anything else but what he says. I love it. I will do that, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I don't think there's any hesitation in what he's saying. Do you? I don't think there's one bit of hesitation in what Jesus is saying. He's not testing us. This is not a test. This is an act or a promise of his word. This is coming directly from his lips. He means what he says, and he says what he means. But what he means for us is to believe it. Okay, God, I'm going to stand. When my mother was dying, and uh, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you have to heal her. I'm not moving from this position until you do. And I said, I'm telling you, my face is like flint. And my heart is set directly upon the promise of your word. You have to do this, Lord. That's what I said. If it hadn't been for what his response to me was, he said, it's her time. Let her go. We should never leave this earth until it's his time for us to go. And how do you know, unless you begin to make a stand in faith, saying, God, I'm unmoved in this. You want to see? Stand in your faith. Jesus healed blind eyes. Are you deaf? Jesus healed deaf ears. You know what? Jesus healed bones and bodies. In fact, Jesus stood day after day. Three days in a row praying for one person after next. And every one of the ones he prayed for, God healed. Jesus doesn't change. We just change what we believe to fit what we think the experience is. God wants to glorify his son. And God wants to be glorified through his son. And every one of these things that he does, it brings glory to him. I'm going to end with this piece of scripture. <coughs> Romans 4, 19 through 21. Do not be weak, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. I like that. No performance out of him. None. You seen a 90-year-old man? You ever seen a 100-year-old man? You think Abraham's any different than a 100-year-old man? I don't think so. God prolonged it for a reason. Not because he didn't want Abraham to have a son, but to prove how even in the impossible things, God does it. 
God does it. He's not asking you to perform it. He says, I'll perform it. I just want you to believe my word. Stand on my word. Stand on my word. Quit considering everything else. Stand on my word. We, we fall apart so easily. Or the deadness of Sarah's womb, who never had a child. She had already went through menopause. She had already, it was all done. She couldn't have no kids. Impossible. Impossible. God likes to, to bring us to the impossible things to prove what is possible. Just because, if that's where your faith stands. God, I'm going to stand in this until it comes. Even until the impossible becomes very visible and possible for me. He did not waver at the promise. Ask, and I will do it. Let me ask you a question. Is that a promise of God? Can't hear you. Is it? You believe it's a promise? Then don't waver at it. Don't waver at what he said. Believe it. Stand. Don't give up in five minutes because it didn't happen. Stand. <laughs> faith carries you through to the fruit. That's what it does. That's what faith's supposed to do. You've got to hold on to your faith until it happens. You can't let it go. Okay, God, you got this. He didn't, he didn't waver at the promise and unbelief, but was strengthened in his faith by giving glory to God. Now, how does that work? Lord, thank you. Lord, I praise you. I give you glory. Because, Lord, you have said that if we ask, that you'd do it. So, Lord, I praise you for that, and I thank you for that. I begin to give him glory for it. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus. I'm praising you, Lord Jesus, in the request that I'm making before you. I'm giving you glory. Lord, fill me up with greater faith. Maximize me in that faith of believing, God, that you're going to carry me through, Lord. You know, when you're standing out in the middle of nowhere and you've got your voice to the top of it and you're saying, God, I, you got this, God, you got I know, Lord, I got the promise. Lord, I know this is going to happen. Lord, I know it's going to be, Lord, because you said it would. You can't give up on that. Every day you've got to walk out there and do the same thing. Every day you've got to protect that faith in your heart. Every day you've got to make your stand. Until it happens. How many of you like some of the things that are going on in your life right now? Anybody? Raise your hand if you like it. I mean, I'm not talking about the good things. Talking about the bad things, you know. How many of you like to get sick? Raise your hand. How many of you like broken bones? Raise your hand. How many of, me, how many of you like to have real financial problems? Raise your hand. How many of you would just love to be in uh, some kind of addiction? Raise your hand. 
Nobody wants any of those things in their life. And God doesn't want any of those things in your life. What he wants is for you to overcome them by faith. Jesus is the one that said, speak to the tree, speak to the mountain. What do, you, what do you mean by that? He's talking about the problems in your life, the things that are in front of you that exist in your life. That way, I guess that's just the way it is. I'll have to just walk through that mess. I guess it's never going to happen. I, I guess. I'm just, I, I'm looking at the waves, Lord, and I'm looking at the wind, Lord. And Lord, I'm sinking here, Lord. Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me, help me from keep going down, Lord. God, thank God he has grace and mercy because many times he just reaches down and picks us up and he asks us the same question he asked Peter. Where is your faith? Why don't you believe? Peter and you, there's no difference. John and you, there's no difference. Eugene and you, there's no difference. Bill and you, there's no difference. You can do the same thing. You can walk the same course. You can get the same promise. You can overcome this whole thing, no matter what it is. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Quit having a, a, a you know, pity party. Quit considering all that nonsense and garbage. And say, okay, Lord, I'm going to stand and I'm going to put my shield of faith up. And I'm going to walk. And it quenches all those considerations. All those considerations. All those ugly darts that's being thrown at you. Lord, they quench every one of them. And by faith, Lord, I'm going to take the word of God, the sword of the spirit, and I will find victory. Because you are my victory. Think about what I'm saying this morning. Be strong. What do you tell, what do you tell Joshua? Be strong. Be strong. Let him be your shield. Let him be your buckler. Let him be the rock underneath your feet. Let him be <clears throat> your inhabitants. Let him deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Let him take you out of the mouth of the enemy. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.